welcome to the RV Entrepreneur Podcast, the weekly show for nomads, work campers, RVers, and entrepreneurs looking to earn a living or build a business while enjoying the RV lifestyle. This week's host is Joshua Sheehan. Let's settle in and enjoy the RV Entrepreneur Podcast brought to you by RV Life. This episode is sponsored by Wholesale Warranties. Protecting your RV investment means being ready for anything. An extended RV warranty from Wholesale Warranties is the best way to make sure that if an RV failure happens, you can afford to get back to enjoying the RV life as soon as possible. RV warranties are available for motorhomes, fifth wheels, and travel trailers, new and used, across the U.S. Visit WholesaleWarranties.com for a free personalized RV warranty quote today and hit the road with peace of mind tomorrow. Welcome, RV entrepreneurs. Joshua here. Today, we have a really cool episode with Jessie Kim from Mrs. Feng Shui. She's got a super cool business model taking Feng Shui and taking it on the road. It's a really unique business and it's something that's steeped in a lot of history and a lot of tradition. And it's really cool to hear how she's taking this and adapting it to modern use with technology and being able to travel and do it on the road. And also how she's taking the practices of Feng Shui and applying them to RV living itself. There's a lot of nuance on it. There's a lot of personality on it. And it's a really cool concept. But I'm going to let Jesse dive more into that. So with no further ado, let's dive into the interview. Jesse, welcome to the RV Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm super stoked to talk with you today. You've got a really interesting business model and business plan. Give us a little background. Who are you? And what are you doing? Hi. It's, I'm so happy to be here. It's nice to meet you. My name is Jesse Kim. I'm a third generation feng shui consultant. I'm also a real estate investor. And our family's been traveling in an RV since 2020. So it's been interesting trying to incorporate the feng shui into travel life as well. But I used to provide regular in-person consultation as well as virtual consultation even before the 2020 lockdown happened to clients who's all around the world or different seasonal places that I was afraid to go to because I don't know how to drive in the snow, that kind of thing. So <laughs> when 2020 happened and everyone's like used to get working on Zoom or Google Meets and Skype and all that, it made my business actually even easier that I never had to like leave. But at the same time, that means I did not need to be based in one location anymore. So you mm-hmm. kind of made that transition easier. So now I guess I'm a traveling feng shui consultant which could be kind of confusing for a lot of people like what is feng shui <laughs> it's like, i tell them it's like an interior design with energy and purpose in mind of things around you hmm. all right i want to get into that in a minute so you and i met in person at a full-time families rally this past spring but we never got into it tell me the story of how you guys got into rving and then how that either was part of the story or changed into the story of, of full-time travel uh, yeah, so we started out in, obviously, in 2020, during the lockdown, we were, you know, happy being at home. I was happy to have my kids at home with us. And then my husband was working from home. He runs a third-party call center and handles customer service for companies that don't want to handle their own. So him working remotely was totally fine. But me being in the same space, sharing the office with him, as well as the kids. 
And it just got a little overwhelming. So when things started opening up, we looked into possibly renting an RV and going out to, you know, states that are opening up or national parks, things like that. So right before we rented one, uh, my husband asked his business partner if he could take about two weeks off and he'll be okay. And the business partner was like, wait, I was thinking of doing the same thing. How about we just buy one together? And let's share it and you'll be a business write-off <laughs> because they used to travel for work all the time. So they're uh-huh. like, well, instead of staying at a hotel, how about we use our RV as our, you know, travel office slash whatever. So we're like, okay, let's just look into buying one. So we bought a um, small Class C, 24-foot Class C that fit four of us fine. And he only had his daughter, so it would have been fine. So we were like, all right. So we turned around and literally... Went to look for an RV, bought one in a day. So we bought it on Wednesday. We picked it up on Thursday afternoon. Friday morning, we left. And this was in a Class D? Yes. And so we have never camped in our entire life. We never RV'd. We did have a little RV experience, so to speak. When we went to a campground, there was an RV that was already parked there that we got Uh to stay in, which didn't happen so nice i guess in easy as we thought he would Mm -hmm. not that you know rv life is easy but let's just say they didn't let us know that there's a great tank you need to pull oh my goodness so by the third day we just had some flooding issues (laughs) (laughs) but that was our extent of rving experience or camping experience at anything like chris has never done camping in his entire life So we literally, when we bought the RV, I started YouTube, you know, how do I RV? What do you need to RV with? Like, and all these like videos popped up on, you know, how to RV and hooking up, you know, flushing the tanks and all these things. So we were like literally crash course on how to RV while we were driving down the road, heading up Mm -hmm. towards Las Vegas and then to Utah. So that two week trip, We had a blast and then came home and business partner took it out for like a week and brought it back. And like while he was gone, I was we were already putting together a list of all these other places to go since we were all working remotely and schooling. Actually, at that time, it was summer break. We left literally on the last day of school. So I was Googling all the places to go. Where can we go? So we next trip out was four weeks. And then, unfortunately, at that time, Chris is, Chris is my husband. So his grandfather had passed away in a nursing home in Florida. So we realized we can't wait for this to go away to go see our great-grandparents. So we kind of right. quarantined ourselves the next trip. And we made her all the way back to the East Coast where his grandparents were. So we got to go visit his grandmother in Florida and then his other grandmother in Maryland. And then we went and visited his mom in Georgia. Like, so in that time we were able to quarantine in the RV. So we didn't want it to be, you know, the outbreak monkey, so to speak. Right. If something were to Mm -hmm. happen. So we did that and we came back after that six, seven week trip. And then Chris and I were sitting there thinking, and he's like, how about we sold everything traveled full time? And I looked at him like, you're crazy. (laughs) I mean, 
we loved our neighbors. That was the biggest thing for us. It's like, you know, yeah. finding a home with good home is one thing, but finding that neighbor in your community is the biggest mm-hmm. thing. And I was also our school PTA president. I was always the room mom. Boys played sports. Like the older one played competitive hockey. So I was a team manager, team mom. And like, obviously all those things were on hold. But at the same time, I wanted to be there for my kids. That's why I was involved in all these, you know, school activities. But now I'm with them all the time. So why does right. do I need to be in one location? It broke my heart that I couldn't be there for the other kids. But at the same time, I needed a commitment to my family first. So we're like, all right, let's just think about it. And then the RV wasn't being used. So we decided to go out to Alabama Hills, which was only like four hours away from where we live. And we're like, all right, let's go check out this Alabama Hill. That looks great on YouTube. And I had a Jeep. So let's go. So we went over the weekend and... We came back down from Alabama Hills just to air up my tires before we went back home. And this was literally like two-day camping trip. Mm-hmm. And my phone was blowing off, like blowing up. Bing, 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 bing. I'm like, what's going on? They're like, are you guys okay? Are you guys safe? Is everything all right? And I'm like, we just went camping for the weekend. What's going on? They're like, everyone's evacuated to your house. Like there's a huge fire in your neighborhood and everyone's evacuated. And I was like, oh, wow. Okay, so we found that there was a huge hill fire in Irvine, and even though we're about a mile and a half away, but they still evacuated everyone toward like to our street. Mm-hmm. So four hour drive. Chris is driving the RV with the boys, and I'm driving home with the Jeep. And he's like, "Well, these are the things that we need to grab." So grab, and the boys said they just wanted their you know laptops and their stuffy, you know, their loveies. Right. And then my husband and I's like work computers and then a couple of personal documents that we needed that was in the safe. So we grabbed the safe and I got home and literally three backpacks worth of everything in this huge house that we're okay with. If it were to burn up, we're, all we need is, is three backpacks. So I was telling Chris, is like, fine see what the realtor says, you know, what, you know, what the market will be like. And then not to mention when I asked my mom, like I went to have dinner with her and I told her, it's like, well, Chris has this idea of like selling everything and travel. And she's like, go do it now. (laughs) Like I thought I was going to get like backlash going, well, you can't leave. But no, she's like, do it now. Your kids are young. You should go explore the world with them now before it's too late. Don't wait till, you know, you're too old, then you won't be able to like, you know, go for a hike because your knee will hurt or your back might hurt, you know, whatever Mm -hmm. it may be. And she's like, I'm still healthy. I could take care of myself. You don't need to be here to take care of me. And even Chris's parents are young. So my mom was like, go while you can. She's like, you have my blessing. Go. And I was like, well, that made it easy. Yeah. And Chris's parents were a little hesitant, but still they were okay with their decision because they knew we never sat at home anyway we were always gone either right. be at a hockey tournament or be at you know his work conference if we had a weekend off we will follow him he used to negotiate for more vacation time over a raise so he, they already knew that we were always wanting to be out on the road like travel so kind of made that transition quick and when we 
made the mistake of talking to her CPA, he was like, go now before end of the year so you could, you know, tax mm-hmm. reasons, right? Sell it sure. now before end of the tax season. Or like, okay, fine. So literally in seven weeks, we sold the house. We sold 99.9% of our stuff in our house and left. Wow. Like, we're like, go big or go home type of people, apparently. <laughs> And I mean, you couldn't have asked, or I guess Chris couldn't have asked for a more natural consequence leverage to pull this lever of like, hey, Mm -hmm. we literally had a a fire and these are the things you grabbed and you're actually okay with the rest of it just like burning. Like, we don't need this. And it it didn't even have to to have to advocate too much for that because there was just a natural consequence that just coincided with this story. That's kind of crazy. Yeah. I mean, I was never like attacked because what about feng shui is you not being attached to possessions like things that's going to hold you down and Mm -hmm. i looked at my house and i was like everything was from these like tiny little stores or you know big market stores like from ikea and living home goods and stuff like that i'm like why do i need to hold on to these stuff that i could replace whenever i need to so i realized oh i should really practice what i preach (laughs) yeah well that's a good transition yeah. Let's let's jump into talk to me more about just feng shui in general and then mm-hmm. we'll we'll steer the conversation towards how it's adapted to RV life and for RVers and stuff but just give us a little bit more in-depth just overview of what is feng shui what's the history of it and what does a consultant do in that space. Yeah, so feng shui it's an ancient interior design of Asia from Asia basically. So it's been around for thousands of years. So the principle applies to elements around you, the natural elements that are in the earth applies to your home. So be it water, wood, earth, fire, metal, those things all work around you to provide you harmony and balance in your life. So that incorporates into interior designing of your space that one energy does not overpower the other energy. It's basically surrounding yourself with the positive furniture, things around you, that's going to provide positive energy, recharging energy for you instead of the other way around where you're working to charge that, recharge the house or the things that it's in your house. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Feng Shui is basically interior design with purpose to the future or the lifestyle you want to have. So I always tell my clients, think of your house like a vision board, right? So what you put in your home how you want to reflect your life or how you, where you want to be in your life in the future, that's what you should present yourself in your home. Mm. Not having a garage filled with stuff that you're never going to use or just because someone gave it to you, you're holding on to it, that it doesn't mean anything to you or gives you anxiety when you look at it, but you just have it because somebody gave it to you and you can't get rid of it. It's like mm-hmm. it's just learning to let go of things and surroundings around you as well as it implies to their health as well as their career, relationship, family, everything around it like that. So they don't realize how much those things or what you surround yourself with really has a deep impact on their personal life and their family mm-hmm. life and then their business, everything like that. So I just make sure that as a feng shui consultant, what I do is I go to their home or be at their office, whatever space that they are in, I could pinpoint those things for them and go, hey, does this really 
work for you or is it actually representing something negative of you? Like it could be simple as a coffee mug that I had the CEO of this company and he had a mug. It was like prescription medicine container. That was his coffee mug. And I go, you're a multimillionaire corporation CEO and that's the mug that you use. Do you really want your clients or your employees to think that you're a drug addict or that you're substance dependent, you know? Mm -hmm. And he's like, oh, yeah, exactly. So you should, like, even those little things like that have certain type of meaning and how it transpires into your life. So you want to make sure you surround yourself with things and people who's going to make you better and lead you in a positive way. So walk me through a typical consultant's journey. Like what happens from point of contact through, you know, maybe someone's quote unquote complete for the time being. Yes. So most of my clients do find me through my website. So they do a Google search or Yelp search, whatever it is. And then when I arrive at client's home or be at a virtual consultation, I have them walk me through their entire home from front door facing in, as well as how the house is laid out in the street and to the neighbors, because there are certain things that you don't want to have or you don't want to see from your front of your house, like being in a T intersection or being in the end of the cul-de-sac or a corner lot, things like that, that has an overwhelming street energy, so to speak. Mm -hmm. I say a street energy because back in the days, how feng shui was laid out was how the waterway works with you, because if you think of back in the days, all the trades are being made through a ship, right? The cargo sure. ship or trades are made that way. So it's a lifeline. So now we look at the streetway like a waterway. So how is that street finding your home? How is that Amazon delivery person going to find your front door? How is that energy coming to you easily? Mm -hmm. And then from there, we look inside and I walk through each areas of the house and then let them know this is a water element. Maybe since you have a fireplace there, we could counterbalance that energy with hanging either a mirror or if they already have a painting of water or picture, we could counterbalance that with it. It's not a cookie cutter, obviously, because sure. everyone's home is different. Everyone's style is different. So I have to walk through and really give them the insight on what those things that they have in their house means and how it could affect them in their real life, and how we could use the things that they already have in the home or simple things that you could buy at a you know, Hobby Lobby or Michael's could help them twist that energy around to positive energy versus a, something we call it a destructive energy because you're burning up the energy or you're cutting down the energy, so to speak. So I just walk around and go, hey, do you really need all these murder mysteries displayed in your family area right and they wonder why their family's always out to like fighting against each other like you go yeah you know what you might not think it but those things do carry a certain energy mm -hmm. so you having it in your home an entire collection of it could have that effect on people in your home as well as if you walk into one of those modern design home that is all white marble and metal and glass that's very sterile energy, very cold energy. So it's not going to be conducive to having a welcoming, you know, family gathering or having little kids around or it's just more 
I should say, cold energy. So you want to make sure mm-hmm. how do you warm up that energy to compensate for this so much of a cold stone metal energy. And so then is the process usually a just a single consultation or is it, it repeated visits, repeated virtual visits, I guess? Yeah. So it depends on the client. If I sense a hesitation with them, then I break it up into pieces. So instead of having a full day of two to three hour virtual or in-person consultation as we walk through, I literally help them move things if I'm there in person. And then Mm -hmm. if I'm not, I tell them why these things are it, let's move it. And then I do a follow-up with them if it's needed. or But they're open to six months to a year to follow up with me and email Okay. And pictures and follow up with, hey, Jesse, I found this. Or Jesse, oh, I'm thinking of putting this in this area. Is this okay? Or if I need to follow up with them and go, hey, after you move all the things around, let's do another quick walkthrough and see if it makes sense to you. Does it work for you? And what else can we do to make those space better? So I do a follow up with them and then see how much more follow-up is needed. So depending right. on their comfortable, I guess their level is, comfort level is, I help mm-hmm. them ease it one at a time. There's people who's like, all right, let me get a dumpster out. Let's get rid of things. Let's move things around. And there's some people who are like, oh, I don't know if I could get rid of that. And I go, okay, then you got to give me at least like one grocery bag at a time every weekend. Just take out one grocery bag of things and one for donate, one for selling, one to throw away. Whatever it is, got to slowly peel away that Band-Aid because more things that you have in your home, it's amazing how much more attachment they are. Obviously, that's why they have those things. But Mm -hmm. to them, it takes a third person to go, all those pile of things that you have in your home, this is affecting your wealth or this is affecting your relationship that you badly want to fix or your health that you want to get better from. Then finally they start going, okay, one by one, they start getting rid of things. And then as they slowly do that transition, they realize how easy it is, how freeing it is for them. So it starts getting faster and faster with that process. And in your experience, is it, mostly reduction of things? How often are you adding things to a space? Very few, but there are times that, yes, I do need to add to things because there are definitely clients It's like, I love this simple living and there's like no place for them to sit. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. how do you have a gathering of friends? It's like, you have only one chair in the dining table. It's like, well, it's just me. And I'm like, yeah, but do you want to have that relationship? Do you want to have a spouse or a partner? Or would you like to have your family over for dinner once in a while? They're like, yeah, I would love it if they would come and visit. I'm like, well, then you need to make a welcoming space for them to come and sit. Because if you, hmm. right now, there's no chairs for them to even come and sit. They're like, and then they're like, well, when that time comes, I'll go buy more chairs. I'm like, no, you need to create space for them before they could come. Before you invite them, because they already know you only have one chair. They're not going to come to your house Mm -hmm. and they don't expect you to go buy a whole new furniture set for them to come and visit. So, yeah, there's been a few times I did have to add things to them to realize, oh, it's not just you. You need to invite family. You need to make room for that spouse that you want, partner that you want in your life. So, 
Yeah. And before everything went virtual with the pandemic, were you doing any virtual consultation or was it all in person prior to that? Well, I have done virtual consultations with clients that were in the other side of the world, as well as uh, spring and winter time. Like I've never driven in a snow. So I had clients in the East Coast. They're like, we'll fly you out. I'm like, yeah, but you guys are cold. I don't like to go there. (laughs) So if they're welcome to have me fly out, then I will fly out. But, you know, virtual consultation was there. It was kind of a newer idea for some people. But, Mm -hmm. you know, it was cheaper, obviously, than having to pay for my flight and travel expenses. But there are still clients who would say, I'd rather have you in person. I want you to fly out. I want you to go to come and take a look at these things. And I'm like, all right, we could do that. Yeah. So now with things opening up, I'm still doing that again. And clients want me back out in, you know, being in California, Vegas, Florida. They want me to fly out. I'm like, all right, it's going to take some time, but I will go out there. So talk to me about some of the challenges that you faced taking this business that was in-person and virtual, but then switching it to being nomadically virtual. What kind of roadblocks and hurdles did you guys come across when you decided, hey, we're going to go full-time. You know, We need to provide for ourselves financially so that we can travel, but we also are wanting to do more sightseeing, more traveling. And you know, the schooling situation sounds like a change from being in-person at a school to now being, I'm assuming, homeschooling or at least online. What kind of challenges did you guys face in that transition? I think the biggest challenge for us was internet, right? <laughs> always. Everybody, always. So when we first started off in 2020, I think like T-Mobile and home internet wasn't a thing. Everybody was using some kind of a hotspot. So we mainly depended on the RV parks that had Wi-Fi. And so that was our biggest research was, does that RV park have a good Wi-Fi? Mm-hmm. Whenever we can, it, we had to look for that cell tower where the cell tower was. We both had Verizon. So we would work off of our phone or a hotspot or the Wi-Fi of the campground. So it was very, in that sense, I was a little stressful. That's why that was another reason why we never signed up for a thousand trails is because we heard that their internets were horrible. Mm-hmm. That was one thing, but obviously now we have T-Mobile and we also got Starlink for times that we T-Mobile doesn't work, then we'll use Starlink. And then taking our boys to virtual was fairly easy for us because our boys were a little bit older at that time. And we found a virtual private school that's been around for 20 years and kind of fit all the criteria that we had for our boys' education, being entrepreneurial, science, whatever the area that they wanted to study, this school was going to cover it. And he allowed them to excel as fast as they want, and they could take pauses whenever they need it. So like for us, if there was poor internet, then we would pause the school for a week or wherever till we could get to another spot. So at that time, then we could go explore, go do you know field trips instead right. of being in the school. So that was probably the biggest challenge, but we're thankful that we found that school and now we have good internet solutions. So that's not a hard thing, but also trying to work in the RV. So obviously we're not in a 24 foot class C anymore. So we're in a 43 feet fifth wheel. So 
working has been work spot's been interesting. So I generally set up my office in the bedroom. I could do a video call from our bed. I have a usually have a green screen behind me or yesterday actually I had an interview with the some production company and I had to be standing up and without a green screen. So I had to like jimmy up my table on a couple of chairs on top of the bed <laughs> with the ring light and everything. So Space uh-huh. could be a little issue, but it made it work. You know, it worked. And Chris has a little mounted stand-up desk that he can mount to our kitchen island. And okay. boys are working from our dining table. And it's been working out in that sense. Although, mm-hmm. apparently, kids grow. So now they're starting to grow out Don't of their say. Bunk, bunk beds. So. Uh-huh. Older one's been in a pullout couch, and he's been dangling off of it for a while. So we might need to upgrade to a even bigger. I call it a mm. boy hauler. We might have to transition boy to hauler. a boy hauler because <laughs> now it's just a matter of when the little one hits a growth spurt and he grows out of that upper bunk, then <laughs> he's going to be sleeping on the ground. Yeah. So yeah. But we make it work with the space that we have, just like if you were a regular stick and bricks. But I think it prevents us from getting more things to fill up those space or mm. getting a bigger house. I guess we're getting a bigger RV because we we're going out of it. But <laughs> So how has downsizing into the RV from a house impacted your business as far as your perspective? Even... From my perspective, from my business, I always tell my clients is less is more, but I didn't realize that in our 1,600 square foot tiny little house, I had so much stuff, like in the closet, in the attic. Mm-hmm. We It took us three full weekends to have the garage sale to get everything out, and I realized my 20-foot long wall closet, I was literally using maybe a foot of it with the regular clothes. And uh-huh. rest of it were suits and dresses and coats that I... I live in Southern California. I don't know why I needed five coats. But <laughs> somehow, I have five coats and rain jackets that I never wore. So it was, even for me, eye-opening to see how much stuff that I had that... I tell my clients, let go of things. And meanwhile, I didn't even look at those things because my closet never opened up that far that I needed to look into it. <laughs> mm-hmm. So getting rid of things, I realized, you know what? It really, when you're in one place or one space for a long time, you tend to accumulate things that you didn't think that you needed. Or even if you have it, you don't realize that you have it because it gets right. buried in your closet somewhere. Mm-hmm. So. It really, living in the RV kind of opened up the idea of going through your things regularly. Does it fit? Does it really mean, like, do I really enjoy wearing this clothes now? So even that one piece of t-shirt now being in the RV, I look at it and go, do I really want this? Do I enjoy wearing this shirt? Well, it doesn't fit my style. It doesn't, like, I don't want to represent certain things on my shirt. I'm always been picky about what kind of, you know, design or logos are in a shirt anyway. But yeah, mm-hmm. now I'm like, does it really imply to me or to my kids anymore? I'm like, well, let's let it go. Donate it. Get yourself another shirt. 
you know, it's easier to let go of things and just bring in new things. So it's been easier. So it's, but at the same time to my clients, I feel bad because I'm like, get rid of everything. You can live in an RV. (laughs) (laughs) It's so freeing. You don't understand. But at the same time, I could also tell them, you don't understand. I did let go of that giant house in California. Well, in my mind, it was a big house in California paying that mortgage. Mm -hmm. And it's so freeing to not be tied down to, you know, keeping up with the Joneses in that sense of having the latest fashion, having the latest electronics or whatever it may be. If it doesn't serve your purpose, it's okay to let go of it. There's people who's living with less and they're succeeding and they're doing great things. You don't need to have those things to, you know, be successful or be have a happy family or to have a successful relationship. So it made it easy for me to say, well, if I could do it, you could do it too. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like I said, sometimes some people do need smaller band-aids peeled off versus a rip it off like we did. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Eight weeks total is pretty darn fast. Yeah. Yeah. Have you worked with any RVers to help to correct me how I'm using the term that would you feng shui a space? Is that correct? Yes. Okay. So, have yeah. you worked with any RVers to feng shui their RV space? I've actually had one for sure in while we were at the full-time rally. One of the ladies got my raffle. And mm-hmm. so, she was very interested in feng shuiing our RV. So, I was able to go through our space. And you know how RV bedrooms sometimes have those mirrors that face the bed that trying to make the space look bigger? Right. <laughs> go, mm, those things are not good. You need to have it covered up. And so they're like, what do you mean? And I'm like, well, when you have a mirror in a space that reflects your body, mirrors are like representation of water. So it's constantly moving, constantly reflecting. So when it's reflecting your body when you're sleeping, you're getting hit with the wave of energy. Just like if you were to fall asleep at a beach, it's constantly hitting your body. Uh So you don't want to do that. In order for your body to relax and be able to sleep and get the full night's nice rest that you need, the mirror cannot be in your bedroom because it's constantly like think of it even a tiny little bit of light that comes into your window, it will multiply it with the reflection. So you don't get the full calm rest that you need. It's constantly reflecting light in your room. So it's better to cover it up. If you could remove it, great. If not, Contact paper, that's what I did in our rig. Contact paper okay. with the design that you like seeing so you're not being reflected on it. Now, would that apply also to mirrors that are just in the bedroom or is it reflecting onto the bed? Because I'm looking, my office is in my travel trailer bedroom and I've got you know the two closets, one on either nightstand side that have mirrors mm-hmm. that are facing parallel with how we sleep. Yeah, so... In a regular home as well as in a trailer, I see everything as an equal space, even a storage unit, right? It's If it's attached mm-hmm. to you, if it's attached to your name, it is your space. So in the RV, like when the mirror's behind you like that, next to you, it also represents all the good times are behind you. When the mirror's not mm. facing you, but it's behind you on the sides, that's what it represents. So I do recommend closing that or covering it up. When you are sleeping, at least, I have one of those too. So I definitely have it closed off or uh, covered up at night because, you know, 
you need a full some kind of a full length mirror <laughs> in the RV. Right. It's very hard to find. So I have that one mirror next to me that I do keep it covered up at night, so I'm not having that mirror being reflected into the space. Mm-hmm. So it's a different tricks to do it in the RV. But yeah, I have feng shui a home and somebody who owns an RV, they realize, wait, I have this in the RV. Does that apply? I'm like, yeah, even your shed in your garage, your storage unit that you have offsite, they all reflect into your energy of you because sure. you're paying rent on it. You're obviously draining money to it. So it is your space. So it affects you one way or another. So, yeah, having those mirrors is the biggest thing. Obviously, we have storage and electrical under our bed. So there's different ways to cure those things with the new, you know, EMF blocking, things like that. So definitely it has been different challenges as a feng shui consultant now having to deal with mobile homes. Right. Because at least at a house, I know there are Wi-Fis and EMFs and things like that. But at least once you set up those barriers to block those things, it's permanent. Whereas sure. in an RV, it needs to be able to move. It needs to be able to lift that storage unit open. Mm-hmm. So what do we use that is more easily mobile? So it's been another set of research for me to find out what can I use in the RV versus a home. Yeah, I can imagine that presents a whole nother level of difficulty and but also in difficulty becomes opportunity to figure out those challenges. Yes, it has been fun to see that. And then of course, with great world of internet, you could find anything now. So Mm -hmm. quick, you know, Amazon search, you could find those sheets like EMF blocking sheets or walls or things like that, that I could get that I could use it for my RV as well as to be able to refer my clients to that you could use it in your home as well as in your campers and things like that. So you're not just because you go on your vacation and people go, I need a vacation from a vacation. Then yeah. there's an issue as well. It shouldn't be stressful to be on a vacation or be in an RV. You know, if you're going there for a trip, you should still come back refreshed and energized. But not all hotels have good feng shui either. So I've worked with a lot of hotel brands as well to create those space for them so that at least their clients keep coming back and feel refreshed. And then they want to refer their clients or their business people to come to their hotels. Very cool. And so is it, is it an all or nothing proposition or is any improvement better than no improvement? I never say it's all or nothing. There's certain cases it's all or nothing, but most of the time I could give them at least three, four different types of options to fix those things, right? I'm not going to make you, especially in stick and bricks, I'm not going to make you pick up your house and move it, turn it around right. or move it somewhere else. RV's a lot easier. But <laughs> but yeah, there are different remedies that you could do. So like, for instance, people who are in a T intersection or in a corner lot, their house is exposed to those streets. They go, okay, the best case scenario is having a brick wall right? To protect your land, protect your home for, you know, possible incoming, you know, traffic, so -hmm. to speak. So best thing will be having a solid wall. Second will be picket fence, right? It's like the three pigs, like the brick is better, wood is second, straw, I'll take, you know, 
hedges, whatever you could give me to okay. even a light post, you know. So I give them different price bracket of options of what you could do to remedy our home, so to speak. Mm -hmm. So you're not like, oh my goodness, it's going to cost me thousands of dollars to get those things done or HOA won't let me do this. So I'm like, well, if HOA won't let you do, you know, landscape changes, then at least get me a mirror in front of your home or, or a wind chime or something that could help me remedy this situation for you. So there will be mm. stages that I will go through with them. It's like, what are you comfortable with? What can you do? <laughs> I'm trying to help you here. Help me help you. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. So what's on the horizon? What are you looking forward to in, in taking this business and adapting it to RV life and, and making it successful both for you and for your clients? I'm hoping that I can make it a little bit easily accessible for my clients who can't afford the fee mm -hmm. to be able to get like a quick DIY to get themselves improve their life. Because sometimes some people don't need a massive rundown of their entire life, but some people do. But till they could get to that space, they need to start working on them themselves. So I want to create some kind of a small book or quick downloadable one-on-one -on -one guide. I have some information on my website but some people don't like to read <laughs> or find those things. So it's like, what can I do? Is it a video program or is it going to be a training session? So that's in the development. And I have literally this week, I've gotten in contact with some possible TV producers to produce the show. So that's a new opportunity. That's a new, brand new, literally, I got in contact this week. So we're hoping if that goes through. That'd be very exciting for sure. And so I'm just hoping that people could kind of get a knowledge of what you bring into your home. It's going to affect your home energy, your life's energy. So be more mindful of and very being intentional about what you bring into your home and your life. So that's what I'm hoping to kind of direct my life. And I think I'm kind of in the transition again. That mm -hmm. since we've been doing this for RV, working in RV for past three years, that something that's a little bit easy for everyone to get a hold of. So if I'm not able to get on a call, that they still have that information readily at hand. Because once again, we might be in areas that the internet doesn't work. I'm hoping, we're hoping to go down to Mexico and the this year and then possibly up to Canada and Alaska next year. So if that were to happen, me being able to be on a video call or online would be more difficult. So I'm trying to figure right. out a more mainstream way for every day they could just click on and get information that mm -hmm. they need and get a more personalized information possible. So is that writing a book? But I always had a hesitation about writing a book because not everyone's home is the same. Not everyone's situation is the same. And because I've seen so many clients that come up to me going, I read a book and they said, I need to do this. And I look at their house and it's like they followed the book to the T and they have color painted every wall in the rainbow. And I'm like, that's not what feng shui means. It needs to apply <laughs> to you. And what right. you're comfortable with. You don't have to make the house look like a Chinese restaurant exploded in it. 
to have good feng shui, <laughs> right? So uh -huh. I see all these people like buying all these trinkets, and they say it's gonna bring them good luck. I'm like, yeah, there's a meaning behind it, but if that trinket doesn't apply to you or you don't like the look of it, it's not gonna bring you any good luck because you don't like mm -hmm. it. It need right. you need to feel it first. It's your intention of putting it out there. But if your intention is I'm buying this because so and so said on the book or on the internet that I'm buying this, it's ugly. Mm -hmm. It clashes with everything that I have. But I'm gonna put it in my house, and I'm like, well, that's not gonna do you any good because your intention right. is already there. It's like, well, so and so said it. It's not mine. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's not yours. It's not your energy, so it's not gonna do you any good. So. That's always been my hesitation to write a book because I don't want it to be a cookie cutter and feng shui is not a cookie cutter principle because everyone has a different home and different style and different comfort level. So that's would be my next step, figuring out how do I make this more fluid for everyone right. to apply into their home. Right. Nice. Yeah. Very cool. Jesse, this is a really cool concept and I think that, you know, taking something that's got such a long history and morphing it into how it can apply to, you know, this new, new mobile lifestyles is a really cool concept. And I, it, it'll be interesting to see how it, it works out in the next few years of blending the old and the new, the stationary and the mobile together in a way that works for people. It's a really, really cool, cool blend you got going on there. <laughs> it's been interesting, but you know what? You got to be flexible. The more rigid you are, easier to break, right? Just like how mm -hmm. the trees are. You got to be limble. You got to be go yeah. with the flow. So at this point, we're just like, you know what? Long as we're together and we're happy, let's see which direction it takes us. And, you know, adventure is out there. So we just go with the adventure takes us. And the, thankfully, my career was able to take us on the road remotely. And I don't have to be in an office that... I did not go to dental school to become a dentist because then I would have been stuck in the office all the time. Mm -hmm. As much as that job was fun and rewarding for me, but at the same time, I do like talking to people. So obviously staring at people's mouth and talking to them is not going to be the <laughs> most favorable thing. I know yeah, a lot definitely. of patients don't like it when you know dentists talk to you when they have their mouth open. <laughs> so. Yeah. Awesome. Well, let everybody know who's listening in where they can find out more about you, what you're doing, and the best places to connect. Yeah. So, if you're interested in finding more about feng shui, my website is www.misfengshui.com. That's M-S-F-E-N-G-S-H-U-I.com. I do have uh, Instagram and TikTok through Ms. Feng Shui as well, but... If you want to connect us on Instagram for uh, travels, is Seek Your Epic. You can find the, me personally there, but for business-wise, Miss Feng Shui is the best place for you to reach me. There's a contact page. It's jessie, J-E-S-S-I-E, at MsFengShui.com. If you need to email me, if you have any questions, feel free to reach out. I'll be more than happy to guide you through Feng Shui or even RV life. Awesome. I'll make sure to put all those links into the show notes. Jesse, thank you for taking the time to be here. This was really cool conversation. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. I hope you guys enjoyed that interview with Jesse. 
Mrs. Feng Shui and the Feng Shui concept, applying it to a nomadic lifestyle, both in a physical space of living in an RV, but then also being able to do consulting in a nomadic fashion. It's really a cool way to take something that's steeped in so much tradition and so much energy and be able to harness it and provide it to different people around the world. It'll be interesting to see what Jesse takes away and moves forward with of trying to figure out the solution of providing a feng shui opportunity and introduction to better serve the masses, something more than is just a one-on-one, as she was saying, that she's looking forward to come up with something that she can serve more people in the future. If you want to connect with Jesse, make sure you check out the show notes. I'll put links to all of her social media and contact information down there. If you want to talk more about RV entrepreneurship, head over to the Facebook group, the rventrepreneur.com slash Facebook group. We'll take you there. Until next time, we'll see you down the road. 